hosting fish talk today on Thursday and I have two guests here and I let them introduce themselves Mary Spichumuk and then for the Cuscoquim River Intertribal Fish Commission. My name is Mary Paltola. I work for the Cuscoquim River Intertribal Fish Commission and I live in Bethel. Good to be with you again today on Fish Talk. This is Boyd Blahupti, the refuge manager at Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah, Koyana, thank you for being here, both of you. Uh, we already have a caller online, Stephen Alexi from Napaskiak. Yeah, good afternoon, Stephen Alexi, Napaskiak. Thank you for the last opener. Uh, I was able to catch, uh, you know, uh, enough reds. Now I just need to do some strips and jar, and I'll be done for the season. Um, but my, we have been at this conservation issue for the last 10 years, and for the past two years I've been voicing if we're in conservation mode, we should be able to close off even non-tributaries. Because going to non-tributaries, a lot of people target king salmons too. Now we're at uh, chum season and chums are starting to return in lower and lower numbers. Um, the same issues going on with Yukon, but they've been at it for longer than we have. And, you know, they were able to fish a few times uh, in the last couple of years for kings. But they have a treaty with uh, Yukon, or not Yukon, Canada. Certain amount of kings have to pass before they're able to open king, or they're still in conservation mode even after that point. And then one of the issues that we need to look at is uh, Area M. I know back in the early 80s, mid-80s, we had the same issue with kings, not kings, chums returning low. And they closed the area M and fish started returning. So we need to seriously look at that and possibly try to convince Congress to expand uh, those um, those uh, deep sea fishermen. Uh, I'm not sure what the line is right now, but they should extend it another 100 miles out. Trawlers? Because they, yeah, because they fish uh, where the salmon of these rivers are going to return. So that's all I have to say. Good morning. Good afternoon. Bye. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Alexi from Napaskiak. Ako kung kalakshuni, mani kubial kubial kubiadulit non non spanning. Ah, ich niwik suskait ni kautama kunun itsranik itgalutingan lranik supilranik ah rulets kumayak sukitama kuchalisu. Uh, 
I think everyone knows that if you get out towards the mouth of those non-salmon tributaries, you can catch a lot more of the king salmon mm -hmm. that are kind of just um, pausing there before going upstream. Yeah. And so uh, we have talked about maybe we should move that marker further in or other things, but I think if, if we just respect that 100-yard marker, and the Fish and Wildlife Service needs to do a better job next year of actually marking those mm -hmm. um, tributaries because we were late at getting to that this year. We had a kind of a late breakup with ice flow and, and all, so, uh, and for other reasons, we didn't get to it, but um, next year, I hope we'll get out there and mark them earlier so people can see where that um, boundary is, mm -hmm. and that will help protect salmon, too. Yeah, and yeah, um, I think that 100 yards is, is excellent. I think it's perfect. In fact, yeah, uh, we do have a caller from Tuluksack, David. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. In, 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 the, in, in the sea, in the Bering Sea, uh, wondering if they are disturbing where they feed and uh, also um, to start looking from what I could underst understand was uh, look into what, what's happening with with are are we are we looking into these these trawlers that are out there uh, are are we looking at them and also area m uh from steve's steve's comment what what datas are they showing they they gotta have some type of records that they are keeping um and what are we in 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 the interior rivers out in in the Kaskokwim, the Yukon, Yunlikleet uh, area, and further on up, the, the the fish that are coming in, uh, what are are we 
are we keeping record? Uh, and what what's the outlook of that? Uh, um, we have another caller, Chuck. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Sam. You can call us to go to ตามจัดโดยตามกรรมกิ่งโอกาสสุดถึงที่ตุดกิ่งอกสิกลุดถึงเก้าตัวอากาศที่สอดอาฟิสทากามีมุริสจีวันนี้สตุนโดยอายุ
I don't think some areas on the information are correct. The main reason I, I scope it out is there's a technology out there I'm not using. Maybe the other side that have computers through satellite can see all those fish come in. My resource, that comes from the people that live below us. Those are my informations. And they would tell me that the fish are coming plenty and then I see it when it reaches my area. And then going up further up from the fog of the Hulitna, it had opened 24-7, non-stop. Next thing I know, it's below, little, little below the bluffs, open still 24-7, presumably. And the congressional, the United States congressional people that made the decision to open up all, the whole Cuscoquim isn't right in order to preserve for the next generation we should all accommodate ourselves and put ourselves in the table and agree to every area that is coming on issues, informations, and then I know if I, if I was a scientist, and did a fist autopsy. People would want to know the information of it. What caused that? It may be the heat, but I'm thinking Japan had a, a plantation that leaked radiation all over. And that's my main concern. It's every living thing can die from radiation, including me if I consume it. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to express how I feel. And have a nice day, all of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His comments, uh, does anybody want to respond to that? Did you want to um, interpret into Yupik, In or your, or how do you feel about it? Well, you know. It's good? Yeah. Okay. We, it's, it's in the line of what we've been talking yeah. about all this time. 
Um, if I might, I really appreciate Noah Alexi. He's the Tuluxat commissioner, and he has a really holistic view and a detailed view of, of what's going on. And I, I do appreciate um, his observation that there are all these little discrete rules um, and, and it's, you know, Nick has been here a long time. Um, he's seen some of these things evolve from the front end closure in um, 14 and the nuances of the short nets during the front end closure. That's odd when we get outside the front end closure because the net length changes. And then there's, you know, the CalSCAG line that really was a compromise between the Fish and Game and Fish and Wildlife Service. and. But but I I do th I I appreciate Noah's point that we should be looking at the whole river holistically to make sure that everyone feels like it's fair because it's not fair for anyone but we all somehow feel like some other portion of the river has it more fair but it's it's all it's 100% unfair for mm -hmm. all of us but anyway I just really appreciated that. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be a reality that we can step back and look at things. Um, for the fairness issue and, um, you know, just, I don't know, all these different piecemeal approaches that we've taken, we may need to reassess. Yeah, and also, uh, I, I, I heard him mentioning that uh, the rivers that Hulitnain and now from the Bluff area being 24-7, being open, but Look, look at the number of people that are up there versus the number of people that are down here in, in, in from Aniak on down. There, there, there are way, way more people that are going out and going after the fish versus the people that are up, <coughs> up, up in, in that area, further on up. Yeah. And yeah, that's who knows, you know, it's, yeah. I, I believe it's a lot harder for them to to catch the fish up there, swifter water, more snags, fewer places where, where they can actually do catch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, what we've seen year after year is section, the state section four usually harvests like um, 4,000 a summer and then the headwaters maybe a hundred? I mean, what what was the number for the headwaters, the four headwater villages, Nick? Uh, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head the four headwater villages, but I do know for, for Kings in particular, so like Kalskeg upriver harvests, you know, 5,000 or less Kings a summer. And then last summer they harvested 3,100 chum total. And I was that's one thing I was looking at is that, you know, the, the openings that have occurred below... Kalskag has, even in a very, very low chum run, has harvested more chum just in these short 12-hour openers than what was completely harvested all year from Kalskag up to the headwaters. So, yeah, there is a, a a big difference there. In, and you're right. I mean, you see it just as you're going upriver to go set it to Weirzen and stuff that you transition from dip net or from drifting around Kalskag block area, and then you start shifting into set nets and fish wheels more and stuff like that, and it's it's harder to catch fish. There's less fish up there. It's faster water, and I think the the other thing is the fish migration. We were just talking in the working group yesterday that our representative from Sleep Mute, uh, she's just starting to get reds in her fish wheel, 
Wow. So they're just they're just starting to fish. So while yeah, at face value, it comes across as well they're open 24/7, but if there's no fish there to catch, it doesn't do you any good to be fishing 24/7. Yeah, and above Stony, they don't even have sh- or sockeye or red salmon. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. They don't go up that far. Yeah. So, so they're they're getting into the slower, lower branches of. And that lake, I can't yeah, say t- it. Talakwana. Talakwana. Or yeah. some, I think other. Uh, I know Barb calls it Talakwana. So yeah. <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. But yeah, I mean sockeye really stop at the Stony and Swift rivers, mm-hmm. and that's just above the community of Stony River. So, yeah, once you get into the headwaters, if you're looking at kings, coho, and chum. Well, and the reds are our abundant species. So, I, you know, just the thought of being able to fish 24-7 for two species of concern, that's not really good fishing. That's not fair either. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I heard the caller say, which I, I really believe is true, <coughs> is that there are a lot of people that don't have the technology, the internet, and the, you know, can get onto social media and see what we're, um, both agencies and Intertribal Fish Commission, you know, all the things we're discussing as far as the regulations. And I agree that we need to do a better job of not just relying on the technology to get the information out, because there are a lot of, um, uh, really nuanced, um, regulations that are different in different locations and um i think covid has gotten not it's not an excuse but fish and wildlife service has really gone away from our traditional um uh, practices of going you know in person to villages and talking to people and saying this is kind of our plan this is what we think is going to happen and and having face-to-face meetings um we're so used to now getting on zoom calls and all these other things and so now we need to you know once things open up a little bit more we hope to go back to villages and to to, to tribal leaders and talk to them and and have those um one-on-one conversations and not just use social media because facebook is great and it's really helpful but not everybody has that so Mm -hmm. i think that's a good point and we'll try to do better yeah yeah Uh, even 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 with uh, uh uh twitter who twitters? Not me. <laughs> no, I don't. What what is so, that? I, I, yeah, yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. What, what is it? Well, is I know you it? don't do it because they call it tweeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. But but our 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 uh, um, Mary, do do you have anything else to add to that? No. Uh, to no, I don't. I mean, we're we work really hard at trying to get the message out, but um, you know, we do a lot of phone calls. But um, it's, it's, and thank God for KYUK. KYUK is the number one way I believe that fishermen get their information because there really is no other real-time news. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah e- even, even right here, this, this, this talk so this, this, this fish talk is, is, I think is opening up an avenue for for the people out there to to get involved in in whatever uh, we the, the the commissioner the state the, the government is is planning uh, to have their input. We have another caller here from here in Bethel. Tim, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Sam, Mary. Hi, um, Tim. <coughs> 
Hi, Bart. Hi. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, <clears throat> yeah, beautiful day out there, despite being kind of cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get into a warm swing here pretty soon and be able to dress more fish. But um, I'd just like to say that, you know, my observation of the Yukon River, um, <clears throat> they've been in conservation mode since 1996 um, uh, to date. And, you know, we've had some... Really good years and some really bad years, and and then this year it's totally, totally, totally bad, and and I'm really concerned about uh, what's going to happen or what could possibly happen on the Cusco River when we have both chums and kings fail, um, and despite having a huge number of reds uh, available for subsistence harvest, um, there will be hardly any opportunity or any way to possibly get them without dip nets and beach sands and live releases and whatnot. But um, it'll become a dire situation for the subsistence fishermen when that time comes. And uh, we've got to plan for it. We've got to prepare for it. Um, got to listen to the elders and listen to uh, what people are saying and, you know, things that have occurred in the past and things, how they resolved those issues in the past. Alaska is uh, pretty young as far as its management of um, the salmon in Alaska. It's been the last 60 years or so. Uh, and uh, data before 1960, 1959 is pretty uh, sketchy, and um, we don't know what the quality of the data is like back then. So we don't have the 100-plus years um, data like some of the Pacific Northwest and um, and California and, and some of those other salmon states on lower 48. And plus, we don't have the, um, like the hatchery releases that they do down there. They mark them. They find a way to identify them when they return. Um, there's a lot of data unknowns that we have here in Alaska. And, uh, you know, out-migration is one of them. And I don't know how we can possibly do out-migration with uh, wild stocks, but if we can find a way... Um, you know, and if we find, if we have the will, we can find a way to determine what what exactly is going on. So that leaves uh, a question about the, um, the formulas that scientists come up with, and um, you know, to fill that data gap, it's it's a statistical formula that um, our scientists have to install to come up with the best possible guess, but sometimes nature throws a very bad curveball and we miss it, and and this happens what we're looking through today. But um, I'm just uh, making a comment that we, there's a lot of information that we don't know about, there's a lot of information that we need. Uh, the more we get from the villages, the more we get from these uh, subsistence fishermen, the traditional knowledge, science community, um, the better that we can further understand and understand each other. So um, in the end, it would be great if we had uh, some kind of a get-together, uh, as I have indicated in the past. Um, this KYK, it's KYK um, fish talk is totally awesome. I really, 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 really appreciate it, but uh, we're given a limited time and um, each week, but if we can get people together with uh, or a three, four-day conference, that'd be totally awesome. Uh, scientists, 
uh, Fish and Game, Fish and Wildlife, uh, Commander Tribal Fisheries Commission, uh, Tribal Councils, anybody that has anything to do with fish, get together and, um, you know, let's hammer out some kind of strategic plan to recover from this uh, dilemma that we're in. Uh, that's all, and uh, hope and pray everybody has uh, a great fishing day tomorrow, and hopefully the weather will cooperate. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, Tim. Oyana. Uh, that, that you reminded me, tomorrow is Friday. <laughs> and like uh, uh, Mary has mentioned, it's a Catholic Friday. <laughs> Fish, Fish Friday, day. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have a, a, a comments? Well, uh, Tim? Yeah, Tim brought that up a, a couple of weeks ago about the gathering folks together and talk about salmon. And I uh, totally appreciate that. Um, concept because I and I'm glad he keeps bringing it up because we can't forget about that you know and then when the salmon season or you know the spawning season whatever you want to call it is over we as um, the group here at this table we also need to not forget about salmon and let things you know kind of fall off the table we ought to still be talking about it and that's the time I think to plan for something like that um, conference um, because yeah it seems like all the tributaries in the state are having some issue. Not all the same, but some issue with salmon. And, um, you know, getting everybody around the table to talk about things would be great. Yes. Well, I was going to see if, uh, I know Mary's more involved with it recently, but maybe doing a plug for the MSE and kind of, that, that seems like a great, well, it will be a great avenue. Yeah. I'm not involved in it as much as you, but I don't know if you wanted to give the 30-second the oh, overview. Sure. Yeah, um, there's this thing, they've renamed it Naka, Kaskokwim Naka, and it's a really um, trying to get all the stakeholders, everybody who has an interest in fishing on the Kaskokwim together to look at management systems and see if there may be a better way to do it. And we really want to solicit fishermen to participate in this, um, where, whatever race you're from, or whichever part of the river you're from. Um, and it is... Um, kind of an academic exercise, but I think there will be a lot of utility at the end of it. And, and that got waylaid because of the pandemic, but they want to have some meetings and they've been in the planning stages of that, but really to um, get people's feedback on how they think it's going, what they think could improve, and then all of us kind of coming together and, and agreeing on that or, or not. Um, but, um, you know, I, I really appreciate Fish Talk, and I'm glad that, Sam Berlin, you're hosting because it's a different conversation when it's from a real fisherman from the river, you know, things as basic as putting your name on a buoy. Um, those are not the kind of day-to-day -day practical things that we usually talk about. It's usually law, unfortunately, and none of us, are, we, none of us even went into the legal field, and yet we're stuck here <laughs> debating law a lot of times, and that's not what I want to talk about. Um, but um, Boyd did a good job with the listening session. Um, Nick has the working group every Wednesday, and there's often people to be heard. I think talking about fish is one of those things that we never get tired of. There's never enough time to, for everyone to talk about it, especially when we're grieving the loss of king salmon over the last decade. It, and I really do, f I, I don't think that's an overstatement. I think we are grieving um, collectively. and. You know, there are seven stages of grief. In any meeting I go to, you can just see by looking at people what stage in the process of grieving they're in. 
and that makes it harder to have conversations when it's so emotional, but I just think it, it has to be done, and having fish talk really helps. Yes. Uh, I also want to kind of throw this in with, with these commercial openings that we are having out in the mouth of the Kaskokwim, like in Kuinaha, and good news. I know for a fact that some of those fish are bound for Kaskokwim um, and they're fishing right out in the bay. Uh, not so much in, in uh, uh, good news because they're in a bay, but like in Kuinahak, I know that some are heading up this way and towards Yukon too. So um, we we have another caller, Ivan from Bethel. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Iluk. I'm with uh, Stephen and uh, David. Now, I know the trawlers, Area M, Falls Pass, those commercial fishermen down there. And we used to have uh, our advocates going down the late Harold Spark, David Bill, the late Frank Charles, Mike Chase, these uh, our, our people used to go Anchorage and uh, meet with them fishermen from there. And the reason why? To allocate fishing chum fish escapement allocated for these Kuskokwim, Yukon, and North and South rivers. And that was the reason for attending those meetings. And the biggest fighter man was the Herald, the late Harold Spark. I, 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 I remember that. When I quote uh, Whittle out of uh, Quig from a couple of shows back, yeah, every year. And Stephen, Stephen put in perspective. The Yukon, our Yukon people was, was hit with that conservation mode first restrictions. Every year we're on that. And I quote, uh, with, we're still low. We're always low. And me and my people out here on the Kuskokum and Yukon, we're always on restriction. They put us first all the time. When I'm going to hear restrictions on high seas trawlers in the area M and false pass fisheries, we need to reinstate that allocated some fish escapement. That 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 needs to be reinstated. And subsistence comes before commercial fishing. And I feel that's the problem right there. They're intercepting our chum salmon. Oh no. More on a... And uh... I haven't heard from only from my look and they're four inches. But I bet they, they throw their net in, they, they, they'll, they'll catch fish. And they should be given the opportunity to do that. But if I heard it right on the news, fishing game here, one or 
donate fish to the Yukon people. And, uh, oh, they call the Red Zone the river here. And I know the kings are up, heading up that way, but uh, if that ever happens, let's give you an announcement. And so us fishermen could donate, help, help fishing game and get that underway. Well, I like to, where's the AVCP and Zalista? Our leaders, where's their native corporation? They need a pitch in and help and donate fish to uh, our Yukon people. If that ever happens, they should uh, announce it. And I believe that can be done. And there's knack and never chair and all these fish hauling capabilities they have. Uh, good afternoon and thanks for letting us fish. Hi, yeah. Uh, Mary? Th thank you, Sam. Uh, thanks for calling Yvonne Waska. Um, Vivian Corthius is working on this. Vivian and Jennifer Hooper at ABCP. Um, there was some brainstorming that happened after the working group meeting. Um, and this is early stages, and I shouldn't even be talking about it because it's so early in the discussion. But Nick Smith brought up, you know, the idea logistically of asking QuickPock to send a tender for the tender to come and and um, Boyd has said that he would um, he is in favor of doing something like that for Yukon folks this would be um, a, a help but you know we're just talking about one or two fish per family and you know I think Ragnar Alstrom and folks on the on the Yukon recognize they really need a hundred fish per family but we barely have a hundred fish yeah. per family on this river so it would be you know a overall a, a small gesture but anything we can do um, I think we would feel like that helps um, so I think QuickPock is, their board is discussing it. Um, I know Bristol Bay has offered to help Yukon folks, um, but I just want to let Yvonne know that Vivian is working on this. Um, she wasn't able to call in today. She's on a flight, um, but they're working on this behind the scenes. Thank you, Mary. Mm -hmm. Any, anything else, guys? Well, I think I am definitely not an expert on this, but... Um, <coughs> I think Nick could correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I always hear that B word come up, you know, and Yvonne brought it up, um, but not bycatch. He, he brought up just commercial fishing, and I, um, I'm i glad he did because I think bycatch isn't necessarily always the issue. It's actually just allocated commercial fisheries that are legally going out and catching fish, and Yvonne brought it up that, you know, this this area, the interior of Alaska, needs to have more of a say in how much fish is allowed for the commercial fishery to take. And that um, we're all in this together, right? I mean, the, the folks of Alaska need salmon, um, the spawning grounds need salmon, or there's going to be no more salmon. And um, we all have a lot to gain by there being a lot of salmon. If if there's no more salmon getting to the spawning grounds, well, the commercial fishery is not going to exist either because they're not going to be spawning and reproducing and get out to the ocean. So um, I'm, I'm glad that he mentioned that, and I think a lot of attention is given to bycatch when it's it's not always a bycatch issue. If everybody's familiar with that, that's like um, 
fish that you're not intending to catch, right? Well, there are a lot of fisheries out there that are purposely going for chum or for whatever species, and sometimes there's plenty, but right now um, something's going on with chum, and we need to figure out what's what's happening with chum salmon. Nick? No, I, I, don't, I don't have anything else to add after uh, Boyd and Mary. Mm -hmm. They pretty much summarized it. Okay, yeah. Um, Kuya <laughs> Unani time imah pigmi kalau pakiluting pilgrim makuta um ya ilu mun mawat illight nakat it tailer itu kat hundu lakai tamakuni ah I queen asu I myself when fishing down in Queenahak when they were tagging chums at one time with radio tags I caught one. <laughs> and 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 turned it in. Did they find I you? Did they come? Did they come get the fish back from me? No, no. Uh, <laughs> they 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 gave me. I think they rewarded me like twenty bucks for bringing it <laughs> for in bring, yeah, and yeah. asking me where I caught it. <laughs> That's and, neat. And then it was put into uh, um, my my name was put into this this bowl, <laughs> and they would draw out yeah. names to see what. That's neat. The grand prize. <laughs> um, but yes, that was done. I know, and in area M, there were there were chums that were caught a lot more than what was reported. Uh, yeah. And they found out why, how, when, wh what it was for. So they they just didn't do it. Only like three or four reports of 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 chums being caught in in area M. We have a caller from Gangihinak. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Now let's see. Agunakuyakaka Ivanam Hansha Hanutsu Masuyakaka Akutsivlam Ta Pichuskitai Tamakut Hanut Umiakslagaka Chivlipakun do not turn it you. Ahujilam <laughs> Kuvif kena ting, di nara kating magut 
that way the resolutions that goes into AVCP may be seen by other 50-odd governments to make a decision, and if they agree on it, they'll follow that resolution and support it and deal with it at AFN. Those are the things that needs to be cleared out and understood. The people have the power to do so under the resolutions by paper, showing paper, because Fish and Wildlife is telling me that there's data of each people that caught fish of how much Chinook, Chum, Reds, Whites, and whatever that we always shoot for. Now, I agree that they shouldn't even leave out the Yukon people. Get them involved so we can see a clear issue of what's been dealt on each region. Now, let's say, uh, let's, let me surface a union. If the 56 people become a union, then maybe the outlooks dealing with Pacific Northwest might be clear. Of all of what I learned, the fishing game and fishing wildlife can't do away with these people, the trolls. They can't control them but they can control the native people, regulate them. How? 50, you, in certain areas, you can use 50 fathom. In certain areas, you can use 25 fathom. Six inch or less. Let's accommodate ourselves and lay out the issues and information and data make it clear, so everything, so the information adding and thinking about the next generations, like our forefathers did, not people that come in to control and regulate us when to fish and when not to fish. I grew up my forefathers had a solid ground. They know what's coming. And they would tell us, if you're lazy, you won't get the food in your table. But if you take uh, break that barrier of laziness and go up there and do it, then you have a food on your table. Think about all those think about all of what's been brought forth. I know restaurants are people, maybe Pacific people, sells to all over the world on restaurants and when everything is full, what do you do with the fish that were collected? Thank you for letting me comment again. Have a nice day.
all the people that go out and and participate in in subsistence harvest tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, it's going to be open. Uh, this, these lines that are open are 543 1-800-995-8954. They're here. They're they're here. They want to hear from you. Uh, it's it's a good time to call in and say what's on your mind, what's in your heart. Um, but but no profanity, no square words, no calling names, no names. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, it, it it will be cut off. <laughs> from Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chef. Yeah, hello. Tony Fish Commissioner, I
amongst the Delta, and you, people call in and just um, say their opinions on online or on the air. Um, it's just a FYI, everybody's know, but nothing, no action will be done. Um, all the tribal organization, tribal council, have a say on putting resolutions um, whenever Board of Game, Board of Fish with the state or the federal side. You know, they have meetings throughout the winter. Where's, the, where's your input? Where's the village's inputs whenever they ask, why are we doing this? Why are we fishing with this? Um, where are the other organizations, villages' inputs? Um, I know my village of Quiklook has been um, putting their two cents in, requesting this and that through the Board of Game or Board of Fish, fish uh, meetings throughout the winter for our, our upcoming uh, fishing season. Um, through that, they can make changes or request changes and see if it be approved or not. Um, because I every year I hear, why are we doing this? Where throughout the radio, nothing will be done. Only through the Board of Game, Board of Fish, or Federal Advisory Board meetings, those are the ones that you can make changes. Hopefully, the technicians listening on here, you know, they work for our region, could inform the public of the, what the process is. And I just had to bring bring it up. Uh, um, I can say um, um, Makuh, 
and it needs follow-up. We need, um, you know, and this is something that um, ABCP and the Fish Commission and others on the western coast of Alaska, Kuskokwim, Unalakleet, um, Yukon Rivers, we are recognizing we need resolutions from every tribe. We need to hire a lobbyist in D.C. to help with the Magnuson-Stevens reauthorization. We need to hire a publicity firm to help with the narrative of this and the social injustice of this. Um, this is going to be a long-term um, effort. It's going to take at least 10 years. We might start seeing changes in 10 years. We also need to be working with Board of Fish and Board of Game like people have said, you know, the resolution is just the very first step, and then we need to go to the decision makers, the policy makers, and that's where the change takes place. So, and apparently there is a Board of Fish seat that's open and, and needs to be filled, and I think um, that may have been customarily a rural person, so I think that they're looking for a rural person to fill that seat. Um, I don't know anyone who's interested in that. Um, I think they may have, you know, there may be interest in by fishermen in Bristol Bay or some other places on that board of fish seat. But um, the other thing is, unfortunately, in America, commercial really, you know, owns the world. It's all about um, capitalist system. I heard elders when I was in my teens and early 20s saying bad things happen when we sell things that God gives to us for free. And I wish I had understood how soon that was going to come back become true. It would be less than 20 years before those words became reality. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've heard that too. Uh, we do have another caller. Uh, Nas from Napaskiak. Good afternoon. Yeah, I, I think you got my name wrong there. It's Wasil. Oh, okay. Was. Yeah, my question is to the fishing game. Um... Aren't they, aren't they keeping up uh, annually with the uh, fish farming to get fish uh, in due season to uh, these people in Alaska? Uh, do you know the answer for that? I mean, hatcheries? Is that what it is? Yeah, fish farming, hatcheries. Uh, are they keeping up, uh, you know, to give... Uh, um, Subsistence fishing, or commercial fishing, you know, keeping happy. Nick, I think that's for you. I'm, I'm, I'm. So with with hatcheries and fish farms, I am definitely not the expert on that. Um, I've never really worked anywhere with them. Uh, I know for for hatcheries, they they keep up to date records on all those fish going in and out. Um, no, last time I checked, I don't think there's any fish farms, straight fish farms in Alaska. I don't think so. And those are all Canada-based mostly, but um, I know that they keep records there too. But yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm not from the world of hatcheries. Okay. Yeah, there was a, there was a news on fish dying up uh, at the Clam Station. Like, I guess that's uh, down by Alaska between Oregon, I mean, Seattle, Washington, and um, Alaska, Ketchikan, I think. Yeah. Um, I've been fishing since the uh, 1970s, and I fished uh, subsistence and commercial fishing with my grandpa when he took me to begin with as his helper. And it is true when elders say, we, we take fish 
but not exceedingly. This is true for subsistence, but not true when commercial fishing is going on. After people were done subsistence fishing, you, that's when they take excessive uh, after, at commercial fishing. And I've learned down in the southeast uh, before Alaska became statehood, that was a problem, and fish were done. And 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 then people down there at southeast uh, made Alaska state so to take over, you know, managing fish and try to revive it and. Out there in the Bering Coast, Bering Sea, and you know, I, I think this is repetition for you know, fish depleting. And um, most importantly, uh, what's going on out there in the Pacific? Uh, um, I do not eat salmon due to something going on out in the Pacific, and and the uh, fish and game stated also saying when they release uh, fish farming and something is killing them out there and and that's true and something is out there so all right good uh good afternoon Bye. uh we'll move right on to the next caller from bethel bobby yeah can you hear me loud and clear sir oh good you know i've, I've been listening to this talk show uh, this morning, and you know the, the the hurts and the cries that we are hearing, they're very very true. But they got to understand that this is all based on one state of Alaska fish escapement count. You know, and all we all we would like to see. We would like to see some type of a verification of this escapement count. Whether they be fish farming or not, or whether, whether they be conserving the fish, there's only one counter up there. State of Alaska counts the fish, and they tell us how much have gone by. We the people, we would like to verify that count of escapement. If, the, if the, the corporations and, and, and AVCP and all them native corporations could use some of that money that they're getting to help the people get a, a, a fish counting system of their own just to verify the escapement count because all the fishing is based on the escapement count. And there's only one counter, state of Alaska. And sometimes, we're the only ones on this earth that don't get to verify nothing. We don't get to verify whether they're telling the truth or they're lying or they're not doing their job as well as they should be. We don't know that. So I would like someday our own people have their own counting system to verify the escapement count. If it's true that their, their count is that low, that's okay, we'll follow that. But I would like to at least be fair to the people and get a verification of this escapement count. 
The only ones that are benefiting out of this whole fishing operation are the state employees getting their monthly or bi-monthly checks. They're the only ones having a good time with this fishing system with no worries, just waiting for their next check. And that's, that's, that's one great important thing that I wanted to bring out. We the people, we need our own counting system. Somehow there gotta be some grants out there to, 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 to formulate this counting system. Instead of these corporations and these native entities using all that money for themselves. They gotta help the people. The people are the ones that are crying, the ones that are not working in the corporations or in the tribes or wherever. They're the ones that are hurting. And they're the ones that are worried about the fish this winter, what they're gonna eat, because the cost of everything is going upper and upper and upper. And the social security is going downer and downer. That's why they're worried. We would like to verify the fish escapement count. That's all, it's simple. Why won't they let us? Why won't they let us or allow us to do this? Are they afraid that we'll call them liars or mismanaging the escapement count? No, we won't. We just want to verify. Okay? Anybody? That's it. That's it. Well, when I when I first got here, I thought I thought that um, the caller was was right. That yeah, it's just the state goes out and counts fish. But so we we as the people already do verify the fish counts because there are weirs, um, you know, fish weirs that are already at least co-managed or just straight managed by native communities. Um, Queethlook. Um, is a major partner in a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service weir on the Queethlook River. Um, the native village of Napine Mute operates a weir. The Intertribal Fish Commission works with um, Maria Takatna. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not arguing with that caller. I think that the point is clear that, yeah, um, you know, verifying data is always good. And so I think that's why many of these villages wanted to get involved on we're operation so yeah i th i think that that might have been true a number of years back but the fish commission has been doing the takatna weir a number of years kevin whitworth lives in mcgrath and he oversees that and he is uh alaska native he's um his mom is from holy cross and he was raised in mcgrath um the community-based harvest monitoring project that those i consider that the most um yeah. reliable index because it's people like Sam Berlin and, and and Robert Hoffman and others who know the river and those harvest numbers are tallied and, and estimated and um, I, I do think that we are helping gather data um, you know I don't know that he's going to believe me I think he's going to call back and say the same thing even if I mean I would love to show him the projects that are done by natives and they're you know maybe the issue is um the natives that are working on these are not full native i'm a vuk i'm not full native but i am part native um there are lots of you know like the guichluk weir is a good example but um i'll leave it at that and the other thing is nobody's enjoying this nobody 
is benefiting from this. This wears everybody down. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that, there's nobody involved in this that wants this scenario. We're coming down to the closing of, of, of uh, Fish Talk. Uh, do you have anything, Nick? No, I'd, uh, um, well, back on the last caller, I just put a plug in that really, you know, for the longest time, through the 90s and 2000s and coming until recently, you know, we at the department on these weir projects and a lot of Middle River projects, we partnered with KNA, so Cusquam Native Association, before they went under. And more recently with um, Native Village of uh, Nepimut, thank you. And then also MTNT. So uh, we do love partnering, and a lot of our staff that are on these weirs are, are from Middle and Headwaters communities. And um, I definitely encourage the caller to, to call into us, and we could even hook them up with the people that are actually on the projects. And um, so, thank, yeah. thank you very much. And for all those that have called in and and put in what what do we call their two cents, <laughs> you know. Um, we, I really appreciate to all you callers that have called in and make, make your mind make known because we're not alone in this. There's a whole bunch of people out there that, that, that are in this same boat and there's more climbing in. But remember, tomorrow, 6 a.m., there is fishing, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to all you fishermen that are willing to go out and and tough out this weather that we're <laughs> having out there. Perfect day for fishing, everybody. <laughs> it really is. Um, and to to my guests here that have come come here and and shared their information with us all. To everyone, um, I, I'll I'll take that last callers and your remarks as closing remarks for everybody because we are out of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>